Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, here on April the 16th. Man, I'm telling you what, time has just flown this spring, hasn't it? If you would, turn with me to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we are going to start in around verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 12. And it says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also in vain. <clears throat> Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God, that he hath raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Let's have a word of prayer, dear fathers. Thanks for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, you would just help us as we read your word today that you will do what I cannot do, Lord. Show each of us what you would have for us in it today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A set of verses here, of course, written by Paul. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Paul clarifies a major doctrine of Bible, that's Bible teaching. Of the Bible that if Christ is not risen we are all going to hell that is part and parcel of the payment of our sins he paid for it on the cross he died rose again from the dead sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat in heaven and our sins are paid for if we accept his gift the resurrection is either a lie or the most relevant and important fact of history for us Christians. You know, we'll have Muslims say, "No, no, he 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 wasn't dead on that cross. No, no, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't so." Or we'll say others say, "Well, Jesus wasn't even real. There's more fact about Jesus' life than there is Shakespeare, my friend. It's really remarkable." Um, but as far as that goes, whether you want to accept that or not. It's all by faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, isn't it? And this matter of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an important part of your salvation if you are saved. And Paul just lays it out plain here. Lays it out pretty plain, I think. Letting us understand that if, you know, the ones that get even back then were saying, well, they resurrect, you're not going to be raised again. You're not going to be raised from the dead. And he says, hey, if the resurrection isn't real, and Jesus didn't raise, and if he didn't raise, guess what? 
your faith in him is vain. It's nonsense. It's what's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. And my friend, that's a lie. We know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that's what we're celebrating today, aren't we? We don't really call it Easter in our church. We call it Resurrection Sunday. Simply because the, the, the Easter was part of the Passover. You know, they just took that name. But regardless, we celebrate it as Easter, don't we? Or Resurrection Sunday, like our church does. In this beautiful fact of Jesus Christ raising from the dead. It's really a remarkable thing. Although we should be celebrating it all year long, it's not wrong to celebrate something like this once a year. I know of churches that say, we will not celebrate any of these because they attached them to pagan holidays, and yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying. And they go on and on with it. They, they like, I think, sometimes to just make something that's not bad into something bad. There's nothing wrong with celebrating, and I know they did that. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with celebrating uh, Christ's birth. Nothing wrong with celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with celebrating some of these things. There really isn't. And I know you've got to be careful, but come on. Let's turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 1. And some proofs. You know, just we're just going to go just a couple couple things in the Bible that are talking about Christ raising from the dead. Remember, at this time that this was written here in Acts, A.D., they say around 33 or so, they could check all this out. And the first thing about it is multiple witnesses. And they could have at this time went back to question these witnesses. And there are other historians like Josephus and that that had mentioned Jesus Christ in their, his writings. I'm sitting here looking at my library at a book of Josephus right now. <laughs> it's a thick book, I tell you that. But that doesn't really matter. We find it in the Bible, right? And some of these things here are talking about multiple witnesses. Here in Acts chapter 1, let's read verses 3 through 9, if you would. Acts 1, 3 through 9. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And this infallible proofs, this word proofs, is uh, tecmarius. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's the only time it's used in the New Testament. It means irrefutable evidence. And the reason... I think part of that is, and this 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 uh, set of verses here. And remember, who wrote Acts? Luke did, didn't he? They could have went and checked him out, right then and there. So he better write it right. And not only that, I'm talking about these infallible proofs, and um, we find Jesus Christ Himself talking. He was seen by many, and He's talking here. It says, and being assembled together. Who's assembled? The, the apostles. And he, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Who commanded them? Jesus. And Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father, which say, he, saith he, 
ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall baptize with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. And when they therefore came together, and they asked of them, saying, Lord, wilt thou all this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now they're talking to the resurrected Christ here. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, it should be witnesses both of me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Now remember, he had said this in Matthew 28. He's reiterating the Great Commission. And in verse 9, And when he had spoke, spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up into a cloud and received of them out of their sight. He's telling them at this time, these are irrefutable proofs, fellas. In other words, go check me out. You go. There's a lot of people that you can go talk to. Now, there was more than just the 12, my friends. Now, let's go back to where we started here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because in front of the verses that we read about, about if Jesus Christ be not raised from the dead, <laughs> you're going to hell, right? 1 Corinthians 15. But we're going to read the first 11 verses because there's going to be a lot more witnesses than these 12. Verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye have received, wherein ye stand, but which also ye are saved, if ye keep the memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have preached on you, excuse me, unless ye have believed in vain for I delivered unto you first of all the that which I received how that Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures and he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas then of the twelve in other words Peter then also of the twelve but look at this and after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once to whom there is a greater part remain of these present until the present day. And some are fallen asleep. I mean, some of them have died by now, but a lot of them are still alive. And after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me. This is to Paul talking. He was seen of Paul. And he talks about himself. I'm telling you something. They could have checked him out at that time. Here, there he's seen of Peter, the disciples, 500 brethren, James, Paul. And they could have went to Jerusalem to check him out. People forget that. They say, well, they were just out to make a new religion. Yeah, they died. All but one died a martyr's death. They died a martyr's death for a false religion. I don't think so. I don't think so. That was multiple people. That's, that's a proof. He was seen by multiple people. And then the empty tomb. Luke chapter 24, if you would. Luke chapter 24. I'm back here myself. We're going to read the first few verses. Now upon the first day of the week. 
very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices and what they had prepared. And certain others were with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in the shining garments, and they were afraid, and bowed down their faces to the earth, and said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? And he is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified. And the third day rise again, and they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher and told all those things unto the eleven and to all the rest. Some say, well, he wasn't dead like the Muslims, right? And others. I'm going to tell you something. He wasn't dead. He could just be removed, maybe from the for the disciples. The, the Pharisees spread that rumor, didn't they? Well, let's say some some facts about what had happened. It's written in history, written in the Bible. First of all, he was put into a brand new empty tomb. Secondly, his body was covered with spices. He was definitely dead. He was wrapped in linen cloth. And a two-ton stone blocked the entrance. Now on top of that, 16 Roman soldiers were assigned to block the entrance. And on top of that, we're not going to turn there, but in Matthew 27, 66, a Roman seal was placed on the tomb. So if you're going to sneak past or fight these 16 um, war-hardened Roman soldiers, the best soldiers, the most fierce soldiers of their time, then you had to risk your life in breaking this seal. The seal would mean your death. If you broke this seal, you broke the law. And if you broke that law and broke that seal, you were a dead man. No, he rose from the dead, my friend. He rose from the dead. Now we have some people today saying, well, it doesn't all add up. It doesn't all add up. It doesn't go. If you read every one of these Gospels, they all read differently about his resurrection. And I've had this, this, and it made me steady the one time. Put this together. That some Bible notes even cast doubt. And, and, and especially on uh, Mark 16, 9 through 20 on the events as it matches up to the other uh, Gospels. But here's the sequence. Here's the sequence. Even some versions omit some of these things. It's sad. This is the Bible. But this is how it went down. Okay? 
But when you compare all four scriptures of the gospel together, the events fit like a glove. After seeing the stone was rolled away, <clears throat> Mary Magdalene left the two women and told the disciples of the open tomb. They were the first ones there. Meanwhile, the other two women arrived at the tomb and met the angels inside and then departed. Next, Mary Magdalene met the angel inside and then departed. Next, Peter and John arrived. Excuse me. Next, Mary Magdalene and Peter and John arrived at the tomb. Peter and John left shortly thereafter, and as Mary wept alone by the tomb, she encountered two angels and Jesus. Comparing all these scriptures together, they match. <clears throat> so even the, the naysayers back then were saying about uh, the disciples stole them, right? No way when you have these Roman soldiers and this big stone and and the, the seal. No, no, that didn't happen. And then these days, I'm saying, well, that doesn't even match up. It's not even real. No, it matches up. It matches up all right. But let's rush ahead to today. Let's, let's kind of set our sights back on today. Turn with me again to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're just keeping in the same general area, aren't we? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, be saved. He is a new creation, or new creature, rather. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I'm telling you something. When you meet the resurrected Christ, one of the modern proofs was a changed life. Changed my life. How about you? He's changed so many people's lives that I have watched through the years. This resurrected Christ, I've seen him change a uh, drunkard's life and straighten out. I've seen him change the drug addict's life, straighten him out. I've seen him change angry men, bad men, and women change their life. What he does and has done in human hearts, I tell you what, it's impossible except for Jesus Christ. And we've seen it down through the years and 2,000 years later. Here we are, all these churches through the world that are remnants of the first church, which really was Jesus Christ and his apostles. See, I thought it was an ax. No, 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 no. The first church, what's the, what's a church? A body of baptized believers or only head is Jesus Christ. Kind of describes the disciples in Christ, doesn't it? <laughs> But then the beginnings of the church and Acts, and 2,000 years later, it's still changing lives. 
Some people say I can't, you know, it's, it just doesn't work anymore. No, it works. No, true, I think people's hearts are more hardened. Well, I'll tell you what, I've witnessed to a lot of people this year. It's hard. It's hard to have get people to give their hearts over to Christ. Not looking for anything from them, just to tell them about his simple plan of uh, salvation. But their hearts are hard. They're busy minds, and they I tell you what, it's 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 tough. But we're still supposed to tell them. This resurrected Jesus Christ will still change their life. Let alone their destiny, their future. Jesus wants them in heaven with him, but they have to choose him. And then with us Christians, it should give us hope. Man, that empty tomb. That empty tomb. What a inspiration. I know every once in a while you'll see, they found Jesus Christ's body. They see, no, he didn't, and then they'll try to disprove it. They are so desperate to prove this wrong. But we know it's an empty tomb. Jesus is on the right hand of the Father. Yes, he is. He sprinkled his own blood on the real mercy seat in heaven in between two real cherubims on the real mercy seat and paid for my sins and paid for your sins. Isn't that something? The greatest miracle ever to be performed in the history of the world. A payment of our sins because he loves us because he loves us I want to tell you something I I um I can't even think of the gentleman's name but there was a professor in Princeton the last fundamental professor and he was asked at being 82 years old and uh, had been teaching the scriptures for years. He said, they said to him, what's the, the greatest thing you've learned in the scriptures, professor? And they said his tears and his eyes welled up. And You know what he, when he said his greatest thing was? The greatest thing he ever learned was the reason he rose from the dead. He said that Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. This elderly professor that knew 40-some languages and could quote the Bible unbelievably, he learned that Jesus loved him. That's why he rose from the dead. And my friend, if you're not saved, if you but ask Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, forgive you of your sins and mean it, like the scriptures say, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. His love. And that's why he rose from the dead. That's why he's changed thousands and thousands of people's lives. And he's waiting for you. And those of us that are saved, I'm telling you, what? we have to be thankful for now come on so much don't we especially this Jesus rose from the dead that you can be saved 
Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I just thank you for the stay you've given us, Lord. I pray, dear Father, that you will do what I cannot do, Lord, and just show those that are listening and myself this wonderful truth, this glorious gospel that you've given to us and the knowledge that you rose from the dead. We love you, Lord. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope that you all can make the church tomorrow on Resurrection Sunday. And... Uh, Something to be grateful for, something to celebrate, something to, to ruminate on, isn't it, my friends? Please, please try to witness to some poor lost soul. Remember, God loves you. You have a great week. God bless you.